Hello, hello, how do you do everyone and welcome to your NARSA weekly update for the week commencing Monday the 22nd of August 2022. It's Gary here again and you know what, what a topsy-turvy week we had last week following our great team, eh? From the absolute highs and the resounding victories that we enjoyed the week before to 2-2, two, 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 Two two draws, if you know what I mean, that puts us in a tougher position uh, than we'd have wanted to have been in uh, heading to Holland for this week's, essentially this week's cup final uh, in terms of Champions League qualification against PSV, and also puts us two points and four goals behind in the championship race already. So I don't want to sound panicky or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying at all, but. I just feel the league table always looks better when you're at the top of it, looking down on everyone else. So to drop our first points of the season and only the fourth game is it's just a bit of a downer, I guess, is really what I'm saying. So before we get to the game segment for this week, I did want to acknowledge a very big fan of the pod who lodged a formal complaint last week after listening to the episode that we published last week and it was Chloe Carey from my home club here in Calgary wrote me a stinging, yes a stinging text basically ripping me a new one because I didn't mention that she was the one who showed me the best way to pour a pint when I was bartending in Pinbar a couple of weekends ago. I totally understand and know firsthand that it is disappointing when someone does something nice and it doesn't get the public acknowledgement or praise or recognition that it deserves. So I'm going to hold my hands up on this one and say I'm very sorry, Chloe. You were a wonderful help and if it wasn't for you, everyone would have gotten half a pint of beer and half a pint of foam every single time. I hope that satisfies things for her for this week and I guess I'll find out on Thursday or Friday or Saturday or whenever she gets round to listening to it. <laughs> anyway, on to the game segment for this last week. And as I alluded to just a wee while ago there, it was was a wee bit different to, to what I shared last week in terms of the excitement around the enormity of the results that we had achieved the week before. So let's start with Tuesday's really tense and pretty entertaining 2-2 draw at Ibrox with PSV Eindhoven. Now, firstly, all I read on Sky News is that there are droughts all over the UK, all over the world, but all over the UK. Then I tune in to the game and it is absolutely bucketing down with rain the whole entire game. And even when the captains were lining up to exchange pendants at the beginning, they were already completely drenched. Now, this actually would have an impact on the game overall, as it turns out. Uh, not too much going on in the in the very, very early stages until a flashing cross comes in that we kind of should have, have dealt with a wee bit quicker um, on Borna's side. And then their main man, Luc de Jong, uh, ghosted past our pretty static defence. And that would also be a bit of an impact on the game. Uh, but he blasted his shot over, or wide, or, or wherever it was he blasted it to, and that was a bit of a let-off early and he really should have scored that one to be perfectly honest and that was pretty much all he did in the whole game apart from trying to kind of roughhouse our players for basically the entire game and prove himself a little bit of a petulant arsehole really to be honest <laughs> so that said we do know his quality and, and I was secretly hoping that he'd get a red card at the end so that he would miss next week's game or this week's game I should say if I'm being honest but we always want to play the best so maybe not not a lot of positives from us in the in the first 20 minutes or so but 
from then on I really thought we grew into the game and we started a period of possession and, and kind of just probing um, and peppering their goal a wee bit and then just when things are looking good for us we give away a corner and that usual sinking feeling of I wonder what new and novel disaster this defence can conjure up at this set piece sets in and yes we did indeed find a way to lose a goal from a set piece once again and to be fair this one was unlucky the ball swung over and it I don't know if it skimmed off one of the the front players or something like that, and then it kind of just hit Goldson and and breaks to their fella to lash it in from inside the box. If I was being a wee bit over-critical, I kind of wonder what Goldson was even trying to do, hitting the ball the way that he did. I know that it just kind of hit him and he just kind of reacted the way that he did. But I, I do believe this one was a, was an element of bad luck, as as I say. And then three minutes later, we had an absolutely sensational, brilliant move that resulted in some incisive passing and led to the equaliser from my new main man, Antonio Cholak. What a brilliant goal that was, eh? Just incredible. And they, so their lead lasted for three minutes. And in the middle of the second half, we got a free kick a wee bit outside their penalty area and up steps Tom Lawrence, and even had the, the annoying commentator that we had here on zone in, in Canada say something like, surely he's not going to hit it from there, or something equally as judgy as that, and hit it he did, and it kind of bounced just below, just before their goalie skimmed, you know, the rain I mentioned earlier had a bit of an impact on the game, and their goalie had an absolute nightmare spilling it into his own net. I mean, he, 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 I think he stunned himself because he never even reacted quite quickly um, after it or anything. It was just kind of super slow motion. But what an absolute howler the boy had, thankfully, and that was 2-1 and we're starting to dare to dream a wee bit. Unfortunately, our lead lasted only, only the eight minutes and then they get a corner. Yes, that same feeling comes back again. Swing it in. And the the guy just scores with relative ease as Connor Goldson is completely posted missing. Uh, but but not only him, to, to be fair, I know I've mentioned him a couple of times now, but just a I don't know, like absolute amateur hour on the on the defending and it just feels like every single time a team has a set piece against us and, and a ball can be punted into our box that it's it's just it's just carnage, it's just mayhem and it's it's not cool and it's not organised and it's, it's definitely not good for our, our nerves as fans, is it? So it would be kind of good if we stopped that, wouldn't it? I hope we really get that organised prior to, to Wednesday's return leg. And John McLaughlin did indeed make a great stop later in the game to keep it finally balanced at, at 2-2. And, and um, so, so Wednesday's game is a literal winner-takes-all now, and I'll get to that just in a wee second here. So positives from the match, I think I think we we matched them all over the pitch, that, and the fact that our two players who were already on yellow cards, like I talked about last week, didn't get booked in this game, so that so everyone is available for, for this Wednesday. And and to be dead honest, this, this is a good team, but so are we. So I didn't really see anything to fear from them that makes me doubt that we have a a genuine incredible chance to to progress to the to the group stages for the first time since 2010. I did get my dates right last week when I mentioned that. PSV will know that they have their work cut out to progress. I don't think there was, um, you know, there was anything that they were holding back or anything like that at Ibrox. And, and we already know that we have enough in our locker to beat teams like this away from home. We've done it already this year. So bring it on and let the best team win as long as it is Rangers, <laughs> of course. Negatives. Our defending at set pieces needs to be better. You know, as I mentioned earlier, 
you know, they'll, they'll be pretty happy, I imagine, and, and inspired by the way their two goals came about. And I'm sure they'll, they'll try to exploit that in, in the return leg here. Um, and I've always said throughout the, the times doing these podcasts that the first leg is about giving us a result that will give us a real chance to progress to the next round in the second leg. And well, we got that with the 2-2, two -two, I would have loved uh, to have been going there with a with a lead to protect, but maybe I'm just being greedy now based on the balance of play from the game. The referee watch, uh, the ref let a lot of the, the roughhouse uh, tactics from the De Jong, De Jong, De Jong, how, how you pronounce it, go, and then books Conor Goldson for his, for his first foul, which is kind of stupid in my opinion, to be dead honest, but other than that, from what I recall, he did try to let the game flow and, and play advantage when he could, and, and sometimes when there was very obviously no advantage uh, to be had, but other than that, I think he was in control, so for that he gets a... What does he get? He gets a 7 out of 10. Let's give him that for his performance because the referee watch on the next game I'm going to talk about um, is nowhere near a 7, I can tell you that. So on to our second game, which was Saturday's 2-2 roller coaster of a game at Easter Road against Diet Celtic. And it started frantically, and, and by that I mean that I realised that kick-off that I forgot to redeem my individual RTV voucher, like we lecture everyone else to do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I did. <laughs> and then when I got the game on, Hibs uh, were doing what they always do against us, which was absolutely bursting a gut, chasing every ball, and basically playing like this was their last game in life. And I just, honestly, folks, I, I, I just think that's blatant cheating, like cheating themselves, cheating their fans, the sponsors, you know, the club hierarchy, everyone. How, how can you get so up for a game against us after meekly rolling over against Levy the week before? It's just, it's all too common in Scottish football. I talked about this last week, of course, as well. You know, give 100% in every single game and, and you won't hear any complaints from me. But this, the only team I seem to get up for is Rangers. It's just pathetic, truly, honestly, pathetic, actually. And anyway, so lots of hustle and bustle, but hardly, hardly any goal-mouth action in the first half. Until it was almost over, then their defender had a, had a stupid tug at Cholak's shirt, which was absolutely needless because the ball was going nowhere near him. And it earns us a penalty and gets him a yellow card. And Tav's penalty was, once again, world-class. And, and we're up 1-0 at the break and feeling pretty good about life. We then start the second half at a, a slow tempo. And that's definitely a thing with this team now. And, and I'm guessing Gio's tactic is just to wait and see what they do and then react, because that seems to be what's happening a lot. Although, to be fair, he did rubbish that notion that that was an actual tactic in the interview after the, the PSV game midweek, because um, Tav gets stripped um, of the ball. The, the boy puts the ball across into an area where Rangers have a very large goalkeeper and two defenders just on it, and for some bizarre reason, none of them can get to the ball, and Boyle just comes and pokes it in. Like, come on, man, that's just, again, amateur hour defending. Uh, replicating uh, Tuesday night, we have a we have a brilliant move featuring fantastic passing all over the pitch and culminates in, in Borna Barisic putting just one of those dream balls in, uh, right onto Lawrence's head to restore our one goal lead. And Lawrence is a goal machine right now, isn't he? And, <clears throat> and it's looking like we're going to add to that as the game progresses. I thought there was only going to be one winner at that point. Up steps Willie Collum and he decides to exert his influence on the game and uh, if... The SPFL Premiership League Championship title race by inexplicably 
red card in John Lundstrom for a foul, almost identical, probably less cynical actually uh, to that which he booked Jake Doyle Hayes in the first half. Um, and of course, Jake Doyle Hayes fouls Lundstrom <laughs> for that foul as well. And it was a professional foul. I mean, no attempt to get the ball. We understand that. Worthy of a yellow card. And he was the closest guy to it and could not get his red card out quick enough. And, and Lundstrom was shot. The whole team were shocked and stuff. So I don't know if he's reacted to the player screaming blue murder. I don't know if he's reacted to the other players getting a wee bit agitated by it or, or whatever it is but he couldn't get his red card out of his pocket quick enough that's a theme stay tuned on this one nine minutes later he does the exact same again and gives Alfredo Morelos a straight red for a what looked like a stupid lash out um, that I know has caused a bit of debate about whether it should or shouldn't have been a red I thought it was harsh you know watching it real time and then on replay he does lash out a wee bit and kind of I don't know, I don't know, kind of catches it, like slaps the boy sort of thing. And it just felt like it, when I watched it on replay, like the old Alfie had, had returned. And and I just hope the linesman, who I think on this occasion was the uh, infamous Francis O'Connor again, by the way, I just hope he's okay because he just couldn't get that flag up and wave it quick enough or hard enough. And, and he was waving and waving and waving it. And I'm just wondering if he maybe done something to his neck or something like that afterwards, such was the the fervour which he was doing that with. And then likewise, Colum once again couldn't wait to brandish the red out and his, his job is done for the day. He's, he's mastering this. I mentioned this on a couple of pods before. He's mastering this running and getting his red card out for a Rangers player at the same, like all in the same motion. Very smooth. Uh, you know, give him credit for that. And he did his job for the day. He got two players off and uh, then it's up to Hibs. And we lasted incessant pressure, not a whole lot of goal mouth attempts to be honest, but you know, incessant pressure for about 20 minutes or so. And just as I was daring to dream that we were actually going to pull it off, the ball kind of breaks to the boy. He pops a great strike past McLaughlin. McLaughlin was completely unsighted for it. And, it, and it's 2 2. And, I, and I, I don't mind admitting I was a tad upset with myself at that moment because just seconds earlier I'd said to Aaron, the problem could be if they score one now, they might score another and we'll get nothing from this game and then he pops it in. So I gave myself, quite honestly, a rather bizarre and stupid shouting too. I literally shouted at myself for what I'd said because in some way I thought that was my fault from 4,000 miles away that that jinxed the team and 2-2 was how it ended. Ah dear. Positives, nine men with 20 minutes to go and we still managed to get a point. Would we have taken that? In the seventy odd minute, probably, um, some of our play was excellent at times, and, and we stood up to them uh, when we when we needed to. Negatives: our defending uh, for the first goal was poor, uh, and our inability to take a shot when we have one is is actually starting to get on my nerves now. You know, we we talk about this kind of you know cliche of trying to walk it into the net and stuff, but boy, oh boy, was that the case that we did on on Saturday there? You know, and I sincerely hope this isn't coached behaviour and I don't think it is because at one point when Ken had an opportunity to, to go through kind of cut inside maybe get a shot away he kind of stopped and waited for support to come and then it went straight to Gio on the bench and he was really giving Kent the gears when he opted not to take the guy on so it doesn't feel like it's coached so I'm not exactly 100% sure why it, why it just seems to have crept in on that one game I just wish we'd have a game where we said right boys 
shoot from anywhere. You never know how it's going to turn out. And if we're shooting's off, we can adjust as the game goes on. But it seems to be the opposite that we do. And finally, on the negatives was the result. You know, I thought, I thought honestly, as I said earlier, that we were cruising at two one, and then, and then we all we all witnessed what happened. Okay, on to the referee watch. Well, I call him as one of the most biased, incompetent referees in the Scottish game. And and the, the irony about this is, I was actually praising him after the first half for his overall handling of the game and given the yellows when he needed to, apart from one blatant one that he chose to completely ignore for some reason when Barisic got emptied on the touchline not too long before the end of the half. But at half time, he's on his way to a very high number on the referee watch for this week. And then he just completely ruined a good game with some decisions that quite honestly give me great cause for concern and, and made me believe that he's actually literally cheating the guy because that's the only thing that makes sense to me I'm not I'm not going to go any further with that I'm not going to waste any more time on this clown but I truly believe he did his job in the second half but unfortunately the job he did wasn't in the interests of fair play or sportsmanship or integrity or anything like that the guy's just an utter utter disaster so because of that he gets a 0 0.5 out of 10 and that he only gets that because he managed to put his whole kit on before the game and that's what you get for putting your kit on a 0 0.5 his performance was disgusting and and you know that well by now you know that we're officially appealing Lundstrom's red I'll be shocked to my core if that doesn't get overturned and and apparently the club are still considering whether to appeal Alfie's too I can see the argument on both sides for Alfie's I was just annoyed that he gave the referee the decision to make you know the, the referees are just dying to, to book a red card this guy and and I believe it I think I read today that that's his eighth red card for us that's that's a problem that's that's not cool at all so that was last week two games this week starting with Wednesday's winner takes all uh, UEFA Champions League playoff round qualifier away to PSV Eindhoven and that's a 3pm Eastern Standard Time kickoff on Wednesday that's 8pm UK interestingly I don't know if you caught it I don't know what commentators were, were on what feeds but um, the commentator kind of mentioned something about a free weekend or something like that. Like they're not playing, and, and I, I looked it up afterwards, and PSV didn't have a game this past weekend. And I actually I don't know why. I don't know if it was just a normal schedule decision or if they were given some special dispensation to have the weekend off to prep for Wednesday. But either way, they weren't involved in a tiring war like we were. So I don't know how that plays out for the teams come game time. Do we have momentum? going into the game and that's going to bode as well do they have more rest coming in and they're going to be fresher who knows I guess we'll see I did a bit of a prediction last week and said it'll be an entertaining game and suggested it was either going to be 2-2 or 3-2 as a win for us and I was right I was right with the 2-2 for this week I have to say that I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to navigate the atmosphere play to our strengths and take our chances when they come and, and, and that will give us the pathway to the group stages. I don't know what the score is going to be. I've got I've got 2-1 to us in, in my head, but I'm not 100% sure we're going to lose a goal, to be honest. I really, really, really hope that's the case and that we can do this. How amazing would it be to hear that Champions League music at Ibrox another at least three times this season? And of course, the riches and everything and prestige and probably players that we will be able to access before the transfer window closes that would all be at our behest if we get that so here's hoping second game is a home league match on Saturday against Ross County 
and that's the 27th of August and we're back to a reasonable kickoff time again with this one being 10am Eastern Standard Time and that's 3pm UK kickoff so Ross County had started the, the league with three straight defeats but they did enjoy the first win of the season on the weekend there with a late winner at home to Kilmarnock which is always nice to see you know how I feel about Kilmarnock so like St Johnson a couple of weekends ago we show up, we do our jobs, we apply ourselves, we win this match. So, and if we can batter in a bunch of goals and, and hopefully kind of claw back at least some of the four that were behind already, that would be kind of nice as well. For RTV, other than my own personal faux pas, we did enjoy another successful broadcast on the weekend as far as as I was, I, I could tell from, from the feedback that we got. Uh, we, we did get shut down very, very quickly at the end of the game uh, with zero replays or thoughts of Tom Miller and Andy Little, which I thought was kind of interesting. I, we haven't done that before. And I know that we're all now on the, the kind of games only coverage or the voucher covers only, the, the games only for, for both club and individual. But cutting it off right at the end felt a bit extreme. We didn't see the players shake hands. We didn't see the referee come off the pitch. We didn't see any of that and I, I did reach out to RTV to find out what that was all about like why that happened but didn't get a response uh, from them it was just over text so maybe I should have done it on email so they may not have missed it but I'll try and find out if that's going to be a theme for Sky televised games or for early kickoffs or for games that are away from home or for games that Rangers TV don't have the exclusive rights for or something like that but I haven't, I haven't seen it like that before and it was just quite sudden to the point where I'm kind of like is my TV working? You know, <laughs> like that sort of thing. For shout-outs, I would like to give a shout-out to whomever put a story onto the Heart and Hands RBR, the Jack and Colin show, Prankies 2 is what it was called, which uh, was the lads on the pod reading out um, about a variety of pranks that people have done over the years, you know, listeners would, would um, send them in. And I got a text from uh, Rangers Supporters Club of Calgary member Ross Irwin saying, you should listen to this at around, nine, at around 29 minutes. And I kind of brushed it off because I, I, I don't listen to the show, to be honest. And, and I, got, I, I didn't really, I, I, I didn't know what he was talking about, to be honest. And then he said, it's about you. So then, of course, I want to hear that. <laughs> so it detailed a story from 2016 where I got pranked an absolute topper. Probably the best one actually I've ever been caught with. And I'll tell, I'll tell you the clean version here, but if you want a more accurate version of what was actually said, <laughs> go and check out the show on the network if you subscribe and, and then you, you can see what it's all about. I have to say, very funny. So... I'll, I'll give you the what they say over here, the Coles notes, which means an abbreviated version. But uh, a couple of things to start. Two things that really annoy me. Lots of things really annoy me, but two things specifically. Calling me Gary Gillian. Gillian is not my last name. There's no second I in there. It's Gillen, Gary Gillen. And then referring to NASA as NASA, right? So Gary Gillian and NASA. So on this day, 2016, so the, 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 the key part of this here is that the the convention was in Vancouver in 2016. So I, I go pick up Leo uh, from uh, from his mum's and I'm driving back over. We're, we're heading into Safeway supermarket to get a shopping in for the week. And then I get a phone call from a BC number and it's a Canadian person. I don't, I don't have the number in my phone, but I see it's uh, area code 604. 
I says, well, that's uh, BC number. I better, I better answer that. There might be something to do with the convention. Trying to be diligent in, in that. And and then I get this guy saying, hey, hello, Mr. Gillian. And I says, yes, well, it's Gillian. He says, okay, Mr. Gillian, uh, we, we've had a, a situation here where people have left uh, the bar. They were in with, with kilts on and, st- and they kept mentioning NASA. And uh, and I understand that, that you're the, the chairman of NASA. And I says, well, it's, it's NASA. It's NASA. He says, okay, well, Mr. Gillian, you need to, I says, it's Gillian. And he says, okay, Mr. Gillian, you need to uh, fix this. You need to kind of pay the bill. And I says, well, who was there? Four guys were there in kilts. So there was a bunch of guys there for, for Big John Kelly's wedding. And so they're just sitting about having a few beers on the Sunday or the Monday, whatever day it was. Scotland were playing Germany. And I, and I don't know if it was a World Cup qualifier or a European qualifier or something like that. And so then they're just sitting about saying, who should we wind up? I know, why don't we wind up Gary? So then this call goes on for a wee while. I says, look, I think I know who it is. Let me just let me just contact the guys. So then I start to contact the guys. Oh, I wasn't there. Contact Callum. Callum says, oh, I'm, I haven't been out all day. Contact Ross. Contact Kyle. Contact Bob. Contact whomever it is. So the more I contact these guys, the more I rate that I'm getting and my language is kind of choice <laughs> at that point. And then all of a sudden I'm in Safeway at this point. And uh, then they then I got a FaceTime call. I can't remember who FaceTime call was from. Maybe it was Ross. And uh, and then all the guys are there on FaceTime. And then the guy who actually did it was a guy called Scott Salmon. I mentioned I was at a wedding a few weeks back for Scott and Shane. And uh, it was Scott, the guy, I just didn't have his number at the time. And he originally was from BC. So I see the guys, they're all calling me Mr. Gillian. They're all shouting Narsa and all that sort of thing. And I have to admit, I did burst out laughing. It was an absolute peach and expertly executed so when you get pranked good and proper you have to take a step back admire the ingenuity the creativity and the execution and just give it a round of applause and that's what I'm doing right now just by telling you folks and listening to it and and Jack and Colin reading out the version because they said right who do you they kind of role played you're going to be the guy from the bar and you'll be Gary and that sort of thing And and it was absolutely hilarious so well done Again, lads, I don't know who actually sent it in, into those folks, but if you don't listen to that, you should go listen to that one. It's, it's a beauty, absolute beauty. And uh, and just a wee quick shout out to my love Erin's kids, two of her kids uh, who are celebrating birthdays this week. Firstly, little Jackson turns nine tomorrow on Tuesday and Alexis turns 11 on Saturday. So... Uh, all of the kids, yeah, there's more than just those two, are joining us on Saturday at a game that I'll talk about in just a wee bit here. But happy birthday trips, and we'll see you on the weekend. For the convention update, I can officially confirm it's 297 days. We're in the 200s now, and 42 weeks to go until Toronto Midtown hosts the biggest bash of the overseas Rangers calendar and I'm really looking forward to that. We did indeed have our kickoff meeting with the hotel last Tuesday morning, as I'd mentioned last week, and it was a, it was a great chat, getting to know the folks that we'll be dealing with for the next ten months and getting some early stage logistics sorted through. And one main thing uh, that that's really on my mind right now has been for quite some time since we signed the contract. Quite honestly, is that we just couldn't negotiate down the prices of the beer like we typically have done. In years gone past, it wasn't for the want of trying, let me tell you, and um, but they they just couldn't budge. You know that the sales lassie was 
I was very, very adamant about that, and not in a, not in a, you know, a conflict type situation. She's saying we just, we just can't like that. This is the way the world is right now. However, we did insert a clause into the contract saying that this would be an area of focus for us as we closed in on the event to try and get the pricing structure lower so that our guests are comfortable with where we land on the pricing. So that was a main topic of the conversation with the hotel last week and we will continue to dialogue about this as we as we move forward. So after the meeting we also did the introductions between the Sheraton Centre Toronto, the hotel staff and Rosie from our travel partner, the Holiday and Flight Centre. So this is another significant step in our journey towards a workable model for all-in travel packages for our guests and I'll hopefully have more to share on the progress of that in the next week or so. We, we did hope to launch the, the the travel packages around about now but like every good project i say this as a seasoned project manager we're a wee bit behind the times in the early stages but we will definitely catch up for sure so more to follow on that and we met with uh, andy burnett and john dalrymple which i think we've got permission to call him jd as well because apparently everybody apart from Andy in the Toronto Midtown Club is called John <laughs> so JD it is and we met them last Tuesday night to, to walk through their progress to date on the, the football, the golf and the and the overall entertainment another great chat with the guys and, and these guys are really giving me a sense of confidence honestly they are that they know what they want to do and they know what to do to make it happen as well so we don't have anything absolutely concrete yet just in terms of being able being able to, to share actual booking details and, and event details details and the like but we're definitely getting closer and we'll likely be meeting with the crew there uh, on a monthly basis going forward so yeah feeling really good about this one now and and uh, now that we have a wee bit of tangibility attached and some from some forward momentum as well so so more to follow when we know a little bit more as well so on to the communication section rapid fire stuff on the communication for this week and it really genuinely is rapid fire because there's only one story kind of worthy of sharing for you this week and even that is absolutely quick as well so last week there was a very brief article on the Rangers website stating RIFC has raised injunction proceedings in the US to prevent a US entity and its principal falsely claiming it has been authorised by Rangers to sell shares in RIFC and using Rangers IP intellectual property for that purpose that was all it said. One sentence. So I did reach out to the club to try and get some details on who this US entity was so that I could provide, you know, a little bit of a friendly warning to our listeners here uh, stateside. But unfortunately, I didn't manage to get uh, the information that I was hoping for. So as it stands right now, I know just as much as you do based on the, the one sentence statement that was issued. But if I do get details on that, I'll certainly make sure that I mention it uh, for next week. But I think um, it's safe to say that if anyone is selling... Rangers shares it would be Rangers and we would kind of know about that for more from more official channels as well so good for Rangers for doing that I wouldn't have minded just a wee bit more information though on the memorabilia associated with the Rangers 72 film I still need to get back to the fellow that I was dealing with Hayden uh, to see how we can actually access that uh, that merchandise as well so I'm going to try and actually maybe try and send that email tonight if I can, and then and then hopefully have something to share on that. I know I'm really dragging my arse on this one. Sorry, folks. And then just a wee quickie, just to share on the Rangers Supporters Club of Calgary front. This weekend we're having um, a wee bit of a social get together at the Calgary Cavalry game. 
which is the local football team here in Calgary, who play in the Canadian Premier League, and, and a bunch of us are heading down there. It's on a bus run by the Ship and Anchor pub, which is just across from the pin bar and up a wee bit. Um, and I think it's around about $40 for your game ticket, which includes um, your, your, well, obviously your game ticket and the bus to and from the game and a pint. In, in the ship and anchor as well so this was organised by my lovely sister Debbie and it looks like it's going to be a great day but what's even better about it is we can enjoy us smashing Ross County just before it then have a couple of pints poured by yours truly coached by Chloe Carey just to be super clear and then we can head across the street for the game preparation so this is going to be an epic day uh, so I'll share a wee bit more about that and that's the one where Erin uh, and the kids are joining us as well so that's going to be a lot of fun for them to share on the birthday so in part six of the folks who support encourage tolerate create space for and sometimes work on NASA related things with your NASA executive members I'm delighted to tell you that our very own what can I call Billy? The utility man? He's certainly been that the last few years. Our convention director, Billy Ferguson. Uh, Billy kindly, finally, provided some wise words for us in terms of his support network. And I didn't even have to pester him too, too much for that this past week. Kinda. Kinda, sorta. But uh, a wee bit of, of background on my working experience uh, with Billy. Billy's been a mainstay of, of my entire tenure uh, with the, the NASA executive. I joined the executive Actually, in absentia in 2012, the convention was was hosted in the Bahamas, and I couldn't I couldn't make it along that year. But I was voted in as vice president by acclamation at the time, and Billy was sworn in for what was the second of two terms that he has served as NASA president at, at the same time as well. We had met um, a couple of times at previous conventions, so we we were aware um, of each other. But this was the first time that we were formally uh, working together, and we've been working together closely ever since. And that's. 10 years um, since and, and, and as Billy in that time Billy has filled, filled a variety of roles as I mentioned the, the utility man there you know he's been he's been president uh, I believe before my tenure he was he was secretary uh, for, for quite some time president past president he filled in for Southeast Rep uh, when we had a resignation down there or it was unfilled I can't remember exactly what happened and an assistant secretary up until the, the last AGM uh, where he was he was then uh, changed over to a convention director so very very well-rounded experience for us on the executive and and uh, you know a wise head to to um, have around and, and give us uh, some context of things that we just don't have you know as, as the, the kind of newer members of the board and I have to say on reflection what a 10 years and counting it's been <laughs> the amount of change that we've experienced as NARSA uh, you know for NARSA as an organization and um, for, for the club even you know in fact you know the amount of incidents the amount of drama the amount of people challenges the amount of people coming and going it's been absolutely incredible and not to mention the fact that you know that, that for many of those early years we were trying to figure out how we um, as NARSA fitted in and contributed to the, the resurgence of Rangers after a demotion to the lower leagues, you know, basically that summer, actually, you know, because it was 2012, as I mentioned. So I can tell you that was not a fun time at all for anyone concerned, but it did test a resolve. And, and uh, I put my phone, my phone just rang there, so I don't know if it paused any, hopefully it didn't, but uh, it rang. But I put my phone on, do not disturb, so I don't know quite know what happened there. My apologies. But it did test our resolve. Anyway, in dedication to the cause of Rangers Football Club, club, and uh, we, we we never once wavered. In fact, the NARSA went to kind of from strength to strength during that time as, as everyone started to really kind of think about what they wanted to do from a, a Rangers fan perspective. And we got a lot more clientele visiting us at the conventions and the like. 
So here's what Billy said. Moving on to my 22nd year in the exec, prior to working behind the scenes supporting Tam Plunkett, John Miller, Bobby Smith and David Murray. I mean, these are these are NASA royalty. Uh, just their, their vision of NASA then was what I, what I wanted to be part of, more of a labour of love rather than an actual job. I spent countless hours driving up and down the 401 corridor from Detroit to Toronto, attending NASA meetings and more importantly supporting the local RSC who was hosting the meeting. Really fun times and some of the the stories told while driving in the car were extremely funny. Tam Plunkett's borrowing the Russian cops bearskin hat while watching the game in Moscow led to him being kinda arrested and bribing his release with some UK pounds was hysterical. Attending all of the meetings, the social night outings and the conventions couldn't be made possible without the support of my my immediate family. I'm blessed that my wife Therese served on the board and gets what it means to serve the NASA membership so I'm extremely lucky in that I don't need to plan anything in advance and attending anything to do with NASA we just do it. Extremely proud of the current NASA exec team the evolution of what we are uh, what we were to what we are today is amazing. Long may it continue. Well said Billy, 22 years. Wow that's an incredible amount of time to spend on anything let alone a volunteer hobby and it just goes to show that the draw of, of Rangers Football Club to Billy, uh, Therese and, and the Ferguson family. So to Therese and Billy's immediate family uh, for, for all the support, thank you so much uh, from me and the entire NASA family for supporting Billy and everything that he does for our association. Now I have mentioned in the, in the previous two pods about Alan McWatt and Alec Grant's travelling and Billy is also in this exclusive club as well. For his job it seems like Billy's on the road 95% of the time. I know he's just switched jobs recently, so it may be a wee bit less now. Um, so he is an illustrious company there in terms of his travel. And like with the other guys, at the beginning of each call we have, I have to ask, like, where are you <laughs> in the world tonight? And, you know, kind of literally and figuratively sort of thing. But, you know, I travelled a wee bit to, to Seville, to Vegas, and then home to Scotland between May and June. And I'm still feeling sluggish and not caught up, really even two months later, so it's obviously these guys are made of sterner stuff than I am, you know, and I, I don't know how they can do it, but again, folks, this is just a wee opportunity to, to give everyone a sneak peek into who's behind the folks that make this machine work. Now we have one exec member to go, and that's now only Fraser Muir, our communications director. Yes, you heard it right, our communications director is not communicating with me, but hopefully we'll get something from him this week. And then I will do my wee bit and then we can wrap this part up. Okay, that will do it for this week, my friends. As always, thank you very, very much for taking the time to listen. Please do share it with whomever you think might enjoy it. And until next week, here's to two very, very, very important games. I know I say that every single week, but Wednesday's winner takes all. This this is a game changer. This could be a game changer for the club. So I really, really hope we do it. Here's hoping. Please do take care, folks, and all the very best. Bye. Cheerio.